This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. In our frenzied culture, rest often feels elusive, especially for leaders who carry the weight of nonstop responsibility. If your soul longs for replenishment, stay tuned to learn more about Ruth Haley Barton's book, Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest, and by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 2 Kings, chapter 23, verses 1 through 20. 2 Kings, chapter 23, beginning at verse 1. The king institutes religious reform. The king summoned all the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem. The king went up to the Lord's temple, accompanied by all the people of Judah, all the residents of Jerusalem, the priests, and the prophets. All the people were there, from the youngest to the oldest. He read aloud all the words of the scroll of the covenant that had been discovered in the Lord's temple. The king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant before the Lord, agreeing to follow the Lord and to obey his commandments, laws, and rules with all his heart and being. By carrying out the terms of this covenant recorded on this scroll, all the people agreed to keep the covenant. The king ordered Hilkiah the high priest, the high-ranking priests, and the guards to bring out of the Lord's temple all the items that were used in the worship of Baal, Asherah, and all the stars of the sky. The king burned them outside of Jerusalem in the terraces of Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. He eliminated the pagan priests whom the kings of Judah had appointed to offer sacrifices on the high places in the cities of Judah and in the area right around Jerusalem. They offered sacrifices to Baal, the sun god, the moon god, the constellations, and all the stars in the sky. He removed the Asherah pole from the Lord's temple and took it outside Jerusalem to the Kidron Valley, where he burned it. He smashed it to dust and then threw the dust in the public graveyard. He tore down the quarters of the male cultic prostitutes in the Lord's temple, where women were weaving shrines for Asherah. He brought all the priests from the cities of Judah and ruined the high places where the priests had offered sacrifices from Geba to Beersheba. He tore down the high place of the goat idols situated at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the city official, on the left side of the city gate. Now the priests of the high places did not go up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, but they did eat unleavened cakes among their fellow priests. The king ruined Topheth in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, so that no one could pass his son or his daughter through fire to Molech. He removed from the entrance to the Lord's temple the statues of horses that the kings of Judah had placed there in honor of the sun god. They were kept near the room of Nathan Molech, 
the eunuch, which was situated among the courtyards. He burned up the chariots devoted to the sun god. The king tore down the altars the kings of Judah had set up on the roof of Ahaz's upper room, as well as the altars Manasseh had set up in the two courtyards of the Lord's temple. He crushed them and threw the dust in the Kidron Valley. The king ruined the high places east of Jerusalem, south of the Mount of Destruction, that King Solomon of Israel had built for the detestable Sidonian goddess Astarte, the detestable Moabite god Shemosh, and the horrible Ammonite god Milcom. He smashed the sacred pillars to bits, cut down the Asherah poles, and filled those shrines with human bones. He also tore down the altar in Bethel at the high place made by Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who encouraged Israel to sin. He burned all the combustible items at that high place and crushed them to dust, including the Asherah pole. When Josiah turned around, he saw the tombs there on the hill. So he ordered the bones from the tombs to be brought. He burned them on the altar and defiled it, just as in the Lord's message that was announced by the prophet while Jeroboam stood by the altar during a festival. Then the king turned and saw the grave of the prophet who had foretold this. He asked, What is this grave marker I see? The men from the city replied, It's the grave of the prophet who came from Judah and foretold these very things you have done to the altar of Bethel. The king said, Leave it alone. No one must touch his bones. So they left his bones undisturbed, as well as the bones of the Israelite prophet buried beside him. Josiah also removed all the shrines on the high places in the cities of Samaria. The kings of Israel had made them and angered the Lord. He did to them what he had done to the high place in Bethel. He sacrificed all the priests of the high places in the altars located there and burned human bones on them. Then he returned to Jerusalem. Psalm chapter 17, a prayer of David. Lord, consider my just cause. Pay attention to my cry for help. Listen to the prayer I sincerely offer. Make a just decision on my behalf. Decide what is right. You have scrutinized my inner motives. You have examined me during the night. You have carefully evaluated me, but you find no sin. I am determined I will say nothing sinful. As for the actions of people, just as you have commanded, I have not followed in the footsteps of violent men. I carefully obey your commands. I do not deviate from them. I call to you because you will answer me, O God. Listen to me. Hear what I say. Accomplish awesome, faithful deeds, you who powerfully deliver those who look to you for protection from their enemies. Protect me as you would protect the pupil of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Protect me from the wicked men who attack me, my enemies who crowd around me for the kill. They are calloused. They speak arrogantly. They attack me. Now they surround me. They intend to throw me to the ground. He is like a lion that wants to tear its prey to bits, like a young lion crouching in hidden places. Rise up, Lord. Confront him. Knock him down. Use your sword to rescue me from the wicked man. Lord, use your power to deliver me from these murderers, from the murderers of this world. They enjoy prosperity. You overwhelm them with the riches they desire. They have many children and leave their wealth to their offspring. As for me, because I am innocent, I will see your face. When I awake, you will reveal yourself to me. Habakkuk chapter 2 verses 2 through Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk chapter 2 beginning at verse 2. The Lord assures Habakkuk. The Lord responded, Write down this message, record it legibly on tablets, so the one who announces it may read it easily. For the message is a witness to what is decreed. It gives reliable testimony about how matters will turn out. Even if the message is not fulfilled right away, wait patiently, for it will certainly come to pass. It will not arrive late. Look, the one whose desires are not upright will faint from exhaustion, 
but the person of integrity will live because of his faithfulness. Indeed, wine will betray the proud, restless man. His appetite is as big as shoals. Like death, he is never satisfied. He gathers all the nations. He seizes all peoples. The proud Babylonians are as good as dead. But all these nations will someday taunt him and ridicule him with proverbial sayings. Woe to the one who accumulates what does not belong to him. How long will this go on? He who gets rich by extortion. Your creditors will suddenly attack. Those who terrify you will spring into action and they will rob you because you robbed many countries. All who are left among the nations will rob you. You have shed human blood and committed violent acts against lands, cities, and those who live in them. The one who builds his house by unjust gain is as good as dead. He does this so he can build his nest way up high and escape the clutches of disaster. Your schemes will bring shame to your house. Because you destroyed many nations, you will self-destruct. For the stones and the walls will cry out, and the wooden rafters will answer back. Woe to the one who builds a city by bloodshed, he who starts a town by unjust deeds. Be sure of this, the Lord of heaven's armies has decreed. The nation's efforts will go up in smoke. Their exhausting work will be for nothing. For recognition of the Lord's sovereign majesty will fill the earth, just as the waters fill up the sea. Woe to you who force your neighbor to drink wine. You who make others intoxicated by forcing them to drink from the bowl of your furious anger so you can look at their naked bodies. But you will become drunk with shame, not majesty. Now it is your time to drink and expose your uncircumcised foreskin. The cup of wine in the Lord's right hand is coming to you, and disgrace will replace your majestic glory, for you will pay in full for your violent acts against Lebanon. Terrifying judgment will come upon you because of the way you destroyed the wild animals living there. You have shed human blood and committed violent acts against lands, cities, and those who live in them. What good is an idol? Why would a craftsman make it? What good is a metal image that gives misleading oracles? Why would its creator place his trust in it and make such mute, worthless thing? Woe to the one who says to wood, wake up. He who says to speechless stone, awake. Can it give reliable guidance? It is overlaid with gold and silver. It has no life's breath inside it. But the Lord is in his majestic palace. The whole earth is speechless in his presence. Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk's vision of the divine warrior. This is a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet. Lord, I have heard the report of what you did. I am awed, Lord, by what you accomplished. In our time, repeat those deeds. In our time, reveal them again. But when you cause turmoil, remember to show us mercy. God comes from Timon, the Holy One, from Mount Paran, Selah. His splendor has covered the skies. The earth is full of his glory. His brightness will be as lightning, a two-pronged lightning bolt flashing from his hand. This is the outward display of his power. Plague will go before him. Pestilence will march right behind him. He took his battle position and shook the earth. With a mere look, he frightened the nations. The ancient mountains disintegrated. The primeval hills were flattened. His are ancient roads. I saw the tents of Kushan, overwhelmed by trouble. The tent curtains of the land of Midian were shaking. Was the Lord mad at the rivers? Were you angry with the rivers? Were you enraged at the sea, such that you would climb into your horse-drawn chariots, your victorious chariots? Your bow is ready for action. You commission your arrows. Selah. You cause flash floods on the earth's surface. When the mountains see you, they shake. The torrential downpour sweeps through. The great deep shouts out. It lifts its hands high. The sun and moon stand still in their courses. The flash of your arrows drives them away. The bright light of your lightning quick spear. You fiercely stomp on the earth. You angrily trample down the nations. You march out to deliver your people, to deliver your special servant. You strike the leader of the wicked nation, laying him open from the lower body to the neck. 
Selah. You pierce the heads of his warriors with a spear. They storm forward to scatter us. They shout with joy, as if they were plundering the poor with no opposition. But you trample on the sea with your horses on the surging, raging waters. Habakkuk declares his confidence. I listen and my stomach churned. The sound made my lips quiver. My frame went limp as if my bones were decaying and I shook as I tried to walk. I long for the day of distress to come upon the people who attack us. When the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, when the olive trees do not produce and the fields yield no crops, when the sheep disappear from the pen and there are no cattle in the stalls, I will rejoice because of the Lord. I will be happy because of the God who delivers me. The sovereign Lord is my source of strength. He gives me the agility of a deer. He enables me to negotiate the rugged terrain. This prayer is for the song leader. It is to be accompanied by stringed instruments. New Testament reading. Philippians chapter 3 through Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. True and false righteousness. Finally, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write this again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, exult in Christ Jesus, and do not rely on human credentials, though mine too are significant. If someone thinks he has good reasons to put confidence in human credentials, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day from the people of Israel and the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. I lived according to the law as a Pharisee. In my zeal for God, I persecuted the church. According to the righteousness stipulated in the law, I was blameless. But these assets I have come to regard as liabilities because of Christ. More than that, I now regard all things as liabilities compared to the far greater value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Indeed, I regard them as dung that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not because I have my own righteousness derived from the law, but because I have the righteousness that comes by way of Christ's faithfulness, a righteousness from God that is in fact based on Christ's faithfulness. My aim is to know him, to experience the power of his resurrection, to share in his sufferings, and to be like him in his death. And so, somehow, to attain to the resurrection from the dead, keep going forward. Not that I have already attained this, that is, I have not already been perfected, but I strive to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have attained this. Instead, I am single-minded, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching out for the things that are ahead. With this goal in mind, I strive toward the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let those of us who are perfect embrace this point of view. If you think otherwise, God will reveal to you the error of your ways. Nevertheless, let us live up to the standard that we have already attained. Be imitators of me, brothers and sisters. Watch carefully those who are living this way, just as you have us as an example. For many live about whom I have often told you, and now with tears I tell you that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is the belly. They exult in their shame, and they think about earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we also eagerly await a Savior from there the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform these humble bodies of ours into the likeness of his glorious body by means of that power by which he is able to subject all things to himself. Philippians chapter 4 verse 1. Christian Practices. So then, my brothers and sisters, dear friends whom I long to see, my joy and crown, 
Stand in the Lord in this way, my dear friends. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Father God, thank you for this reading, O God. Thank you for your word, O God. Thank you for your faithfulness unto us, O God. Thank you that you are a covenant-keeping God, O God. And I thank you, O Lord, that we can look to you and we can trust and we can rest, O God, in your your sovereignty, knowing that it's you that upholds the covenant, O God, by your righteousness, O Lord. We know, O God, and we're reminded that we don't have a righteousness of our own. The righteousness that we have is a righteousness due to Christ's faithfulness, due to Christ's righteousness. So thank you. Thank you, O God, that we have Christ's righteousness, O God. Help us, O God, to live in that light, O Lord. Help us not to put confidence in our flesh, O God. Help us not to seek, O God, to fulfill your law via legalism, O God, but by the Spirit. Help us, O God, to love our neighbors as ourselves. Help us to love you with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our being, O God. We know, O God, that this is the greatest command that Jesus has given us. Help us, O God, to have a singular devotion to you, not tearing down idols, O God, that we resurrect in our households in our own hearts, O Lord God, in our minds, O God, um, in different areas of our lives, O God, would you rid us, O Lord, of covetousness? Would you rid us, O God, of greed? Rid us of an inordinate love for money, O God? Would you rid us, O God, of selfishness, O Lord, and fill us with selflessness, O God? Help us, O God, to look out for the interests of one another, O God, so that we might be able to say, with Paul, oh God, about the other saints that you are my joy and crown. Oh God, help us to have loving, life-giving language, oh God, about one another, particularly the saints in the household of God. Would you help us, oh God, to be marked by love in our words, in our thoughts, and our deeds, oh God. I pray, oh God, that the Spirit would search us, show us where we are not living up, oh God, to the beautiful light of the gospel. And would you set us on the right path Would you help us to course correct? Would you help us to cast our struggles, our sins, our cares unto you, knowing that you care for us, O God? And I thank you, O God, for the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, O Lord, for your grace and your mercy that uphold us, O God, that even when we fall down, we get up, O God, by your grace, by your might, and by your power, O God. So would you help us, O Lord, not to be dismayed, not to be discouraged, O God, but that you would help us, O God, continue to press toward the mark of the high calling for the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ, O God. Help us, O God, not to look back, but to continue to move forward in Jesus Christ. I pray this all in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. The journey to a meaningful Sabbath practice is slow and gradual, and it is a journey we need to take in community. In her book, Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest, Ruth Haley Barton offers wisdom regarding the rhythms of Sabbath, exploring both weekly Sabbath keeping as well as extended periods of sabbatical time. Sabbath is more than a practice. It is a way of life ordered around God's invitation to regular rhythms of work, rest, and replenishment that will sustain us for the long haul of life and leadership. Get your copy of this book today at ivpress.com. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word, that's promo code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivpress.com. 
We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. So oh.